in the temple. We know this morning that the elders are bowing down before your throne, casting the crowns at your feet, declaring that you alone are worthy. And this morning we want to declare that you alone are worthy. We want to say there's no one as worthy, as precious, as kind, as precious Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, today that you come and you make Jesus real to each one. Our prayer is, Lord, that Jesus will be more real than this situation. They will know Jesus is high and lifted up, higher than the storm, higher than the sickness, higher than the doctor's report, higher than the negativity, higher and lifted up. So Holy Spirit, come and reveal Him to our hearts. Make Him real as only You can. I thank You, Lord, for revelation upon revelation today. And through revelation that people will have transformation in the name of Jesus. Thank you that in this hour, we will no longer just hear the word, but we will see the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And we thank you right now, Lord, every single person under the sound of my voice will have a yoke-destroying experience today. The chains of bondages will be broken completely. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name, I thank you. Come on, I want to ask you, every eye closed, every hand lifted to Him right now. I pray, Spirit of God, come. Come like a mighty fire. Come like a mighty wind in this place. Flow, row by row and seat by seat. Touch each one right now. Each one that's crying out to you, Lord. Come with these people in this place that you long for an encounter with the Lord. And only you, only you can see the manifestation of that encounter when you are hungry for Him. When you are thirsty for Him. Right now in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, release such a hunger in this place. A hunger for your presence. Like never before, Lord. Let us experience it like never before. We vow to give you the glory. We vow to give you the honor. The majesty is yours, Lord. Come on, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever and forever and forever and forever in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you believe that, give Jesus an extra shout of praise. I believe that the Word of God today is going to touch your life in a powerful way. Let me quickly explain to you. The whole, what I do is when I, when I prepare a sermon, I, I get the Word on a Monday. So I'll start to get all my notes, my sermons, all my verses, everything all put together. And then most of the times, on a Saturday when I have to put everything together, it's like a fight in my spirit. Can I just have the microphone sorted out, please? It sounds bad. So there's a fight in my spirit because sometimes I don't feel the release from the Lord. So I don't get the word out. Then I feel like, Lord, I don't know. You've prepared my heart the whole week and then something changes. And so what I've learned and I realized why the Holy Spirit does this with me is because He wants to keep me in that position that I know that He's the boss and I'm just following wherever He leads me. So last night I took, some, I took my, my notes and a while ago I wrote down a verse, just a verse. And as I opened up my my, my book, I, I saw the verse and I, I felt moved to read this verse. So I started reading the verse and as I read the verse, I wept. Immediately I wept. It was, but it wasn't like me weeping, it was like God weeping through me. I can't explain this to you in words. It was like God weeping through me. I wept and I said to the Lord, Lord, the message that you gave me to preach is so hard. It's, so, it's a tough message. And I said to the Lord, how can, I, how can I preach this message or teach this message? Because I'm going to teach a little bit on something today. And, and the Lord gave me this very, very clear. So I'm going to teach a little bit and let's see what the Holy Spirit does. But I want to speak about or teach about the revelation of His presence. I want you to say with me the revelation of His presence. Now, if you, if you know me and been following me, it's, everything is about the presence of God. I don't, I'm not interested in having church without the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the wrong church for that. If you want a church for a drive-through experience, this is the wrong church. Trust me. You're not going to like me. You're not going to like what I preach. You're not going to like the songs. You're not going to like, like the, the, the worship. You know, church without the Holy Spirit is no church. The first church has been built on the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The very first church, the book of Acts, you will always see there's a move of the Spirit of God with signs, wonders, and miracles. And do you know what? Conviction. Now, I have to preach this because woe is me if I do not preach this. So I would like to preach on the, the revelation of the, of the presence of God. And I really, I really do believe this, that revelation changes any man. I promise you, when you start to get revelation about who God is, your worship changes. It's, a, it's not just a, a feel good. 
a goosebump experience, but suddenly you know what you worship. Who remembered what I said last week? Jesus in, his, in the gospel says, you do not know who you worship, but we know who we worship, for we are true worshipers that worships God in what? In spirit and in truth. So there must be truth. Truth sets you free. Please tell the guy or the woman or the person next to you that the truth sets you free. So I was, I was thinking about the following last week. I've, I've just mentioned this quickly, but there's a big difference between a fan and a follower. A big difference between a fan and a follower. A fan has got, you know, he's got many people he likes and he will, he will check what they do. You know, it's like a, a famous person. All right, you're a fan of a famous person, but a follower only got one master. Okay, let me say that again. Um, too many Christians are, are fans, but not followers. And a follower is somebody I've got one Lord. This is why he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you do not do what I say? A Lord is somebody who reigns supreme over your life. Come on, I said he reigns supreme. I want you to shout, the Lord reigns supreme. The Lord reigns supreme. So I, I, got a, I got a word that the Lord gave me. And I'm going to read a little bit. So it's going to inquire you. So you're going to have to go back home and take some notes and, and read about this. But I really do believe he's going to bless you. All right, I'm getting somewhere to that. I'm going to read from the book of Ezekiel 1. Ezekiel 1, the Bible says that Ezekiel saw a vision. So I'll say again, a vision. And this is what he said. He says, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. Now, by the way, the whole word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And Ezekiel said, I saw visions of God. So to every atheist, there is a God. You know, they say they don't believe in, in, in our God because it's like a, a, a magician in heaven. Then you ask them, now, how, how did the world start it? And they say, no, just by a bang. Crick, crick, crick. <laughs> they don't believe in magic, but they believe in bang. bang. All right, let's go on. It says, I want to read from verse, verse 4. Then I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself and brightness was all around it and radiating out of the midst like the color of amber amber is like a yellow gold and out of the midst of the fire so he saw the throne of god and what did he see he said he saw he saw a whirlwind the, the bible goes on it says a raging fire that engulfed itself and the color that he saw was the color of amber now that is exactly what angels are seeing today that's exactly what some of the loved ones that has been home with the Lord right now is seeing today. Now what you need to understand is, in a natural mind, we can't, we can't explain this. I'm going to go on to some other stuff right now. Our natural man cannot comprehend this. This is why you need the spirit this morning. So he says, also from within it came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of man. Each one had four faces and each one had four wings. Now, just look at me quickly. There's living creatures, four living creatures around the throne of God. Now, right now. And the Bible says they have four heads. They look like a human being. They have human arms and, and, and fingers. But even the, you'll see it, their legs look like the legs of, of calves. And they have four heads. You'll see a head of a man. And now, now picture this. this is, I'm speaking to you about God created these living creatures around his throne. And they are called cherubims. They are the ones protecting the, the glory of God. And they are the ones who cry out, holy, holy, holy. Now what's so powerful for me is they, the Bible says they have, a, and I'm going to read it now. They've got a head, a head of, a, of a man. That speaks about humanity. They have a head of a fox that speaks about pets, your pets. They have a head of a lion that speaks about every wild animal. And they speak about a head of an eagle that speaks about every bird in the air. So if you think about this, four heads that cover the, the, the four different things. And every time they cry out holy, what happens is when the lion cries out holy, it's every wild animal that says he's holy. When the, when the human head cries out, holy, it's every humanity that cries out, he's holy. Come on, when, a, when the fox head cries out, holy, he's holy. And they, the Bible says they do it without ceasing. So when the fox cries out, holy, it's like your, your, your animals at home cry out, he's holy. Come on, when that eagle head cries out, he's holy. It's every air or bird in the air that cries out, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Imagine this, all of creation cries out, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy. He's holy. He's holy. 
holy. Go, come on. He's holy. Imagine this. Your bulldog at home has got a representative. Oh, come on. Somebody represents him in heaven, crying out, holy, 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 holy. All of creation cries out, he's holy. And do you know what? They do it for all eternity. The Bible says, these creatures never stops. Why are we stopping? I said, why are we stopping? They have a revelation every single day, every single second of how holy God is. When last did you have that revelation of how holy, how majestic, how big, how awesome, how great this God is? Now I'm going to get to deeper stuff. Do you like this, by the way? Ezekiel says, I saw this stuff in heaven. Every time we cry out holy, do you know what they do? They worship God. They bow down. These living creatures. They bow down before the presence of the Lord. It's, it's weird to think about this. The Bible says so they have four heads. One shows that way, the other one that way, the other one that way, the other one that way. They never turn. They just go straight. Wherever they need to go. And the Bible says they move like a flash. So quick it is. It's like a flash. But let's go on and you'll see this. It says in verse 7, Their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves. They sparkled. Like the color of burnished bronze. So that's the color of that angel. Burning bronze. And yes, they are angels. Do you hear me? They are angels created. The hands of man were under their wings on their four sides. And each one of, of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they went. But each one went straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces... Each had the face of man, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side, each had the face of an ox on the left side, and each of the four had the face of an eagle. Now I'm going to skip a, 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 a chapter or so, a couple of verses. Number 26, verse 26 rather, speaks about these angels. Now I'm getting somewhere you'll get me now. It's important to understand these things because every single time we worship, this is what's going on around us. We don't even know this. This is why worship is of utmost important. If you, if importance. If you don't understand this, in worship, what we do is when we worship God, we create a throne for Him to dwell in. And in the, in the presence of the Lord, the Bible says there's fullness of joy. At His right hand, pleasures forevermore. What does this mean? It means that every time I'm in the presence, you can write this down. In the presence of God, there's blessing. If you want to be blessed, live in the presence of God. And the blessing will follow you. Please hear me right now. If you want to be blessed, I'm teaching you something. Because in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy, His light and pleasure forevermore. In His presence, there's peace that surpasses all understanding. A lot of people that don't have peace, don't have God. Because in you, if you dwell in the presence of God, there's peace that surpasses all understanding. So verse 26 says, Now as they worship the Lord... The Bible says he saw them with foreheads. And now here's what the Bible says. When Ezekiel saw these creatures, above their heads was a, was a ferment. And the ferment speaks about uh, the heavens. Because Genesis also says that God created the ferment uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the heavens. So it speaks about the heavens. So imagine this. Here they are, worshipping the Lord. And above the heads is the heaven. And above that is the throne of God. So verse 26 says, and above the firmament over the heads was like the likeness of a throne. In appearance like a sapphire stone. What does the, what does the throne of God look like? It looked like a sapphire stone. On the likeness, uh, in the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. He says, when I saw the throne of God, I saw a man on that throne. This is why I and myself and you are the only creatures that has been created in the image of God who created the whole heavens and the whole earth. He said, I saw a man seated on that throne. And you know what he says? I saw him high and lifted up. I saw him high above. Why is the Lord high? He's higher than your storm, higher than your mountain. He's higher than the doctor's report. He's higher than poverty. He's higher than COVID-19. He's higher than every other name. Come on, he's high and exalted. Imagine this, even in heaven, there's no one higher than him. He, so he said, I saw a man seated there. I'm almost there, and then you'll, then you'll understand where I'm getting. 
Verse 27 says, also from the appearance of his waist and upward, I saw at his, as it were the color of amber. Now, this is what he said, he saw the Lord. He saw the Lord shining as the color of amber. And he says, uh, he says, so from his waist upward, I saw it as it were the color of amber with the appearance of fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his waist and downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire with brightness all around. Like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. And this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. Now Moses said something. He said, show me your glory. And he said, Lord, I refuse to go anywhere unless your presence go with me. So many people are satisfied to go and do certain stuff in life, but yet the presence of the Lord is not going with them. Moses said, and this is what Ezekiel said, he said, everything I saw, it was the glory of God. So let me explain to you, when we worship God in spirit and in truth, and he establishes his throne among the praises of his people, what is happening? Exactly the vision that Ezekiel was, saw, was seeing. It is the glory of God moving into a place. And when the glory of God comes, you know, I promise you, I've seen it in my own life, when the true glory of God comes in, you know what the Holy Spirit does? He makes any seasoned preacher look like an amateur. You've got no idea what's going to happen next, but that's where, where exactly where God starts to heal people and starts to work in, in people's lives. So our job, my job always, this is what the Holy Spirit always taught me, your job is to put an emphasis on Christ. That's it. When you put an emphasis on Jesus, come on, there's a throne created for Him to dwell in and miracles starts to happen. So here, here comes the part. So here's where the Lord started speaking to me last night. And I wept. And I want you to take note and then I'm going to get into the preaching side. In verse 16, this is chapter 3. He says, Now it came to pass at the end of the seven days that the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. I want you to pause and look at me. I've said this many times. Please, you can, you can track my message. I've said this many times that the Lord has said a falling away is happening. Who remembered that? Amen. I said, you're going to see the real from the false. Who remembered that? And uh, so I, when, I, when I read this, the Lord said, I'll make you a watchman. A watchman is somebody that warns, gives warning. Now you might say, well, this is Old Testament. No, no, no. What I'm going to read now is both Old and New Testament. And you'll see, you'll see it right now. So he says, I'll make you a watchman. He says, and go, I'll give you um, um, a warning from me. So the Lord is warning you right now. I'm giving you a warning from the Lord this morning. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Amen. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, pause there and look at me. This is a proven fact that there is no such thing as once saved, always saved. It's bull twang. The Bible says if a righteous man turn away from righteousness and follow iniquity, do you know what the Bible says God will do with such a man? He will kill him. Amen. Where did you get that? Let's go. Well, Vessel, this is Old Testament. No, no. Paul even says the wages of sin is death. Amen. So here God says in the Old Testament, if you sin, you die. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. Paul comes in the New Testament, by the way, a grace preacher, and he says the wages of sin is death. Now, why do I say these things? Because we need a revelation of the presence of God. I see a lot of people don't have a revelation of the presence of God. And, and this is going to help you get into a new dimension with the Spirit of God. So he says again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and con commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you did not give him warning, he shall die in his sin and his righteousness which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. Somebody ask me the question, Vessel, what sin will take me to hell? I'm going to tell you which sin will take you to hell. The sin that you have not repented of. Now, 
What is repentance? Repentance means a turning away. It's not something I commit today and then I ask God forgive me and tomorrow I do it again and I ask you forgive me and the day after that I do it again. That's not, that is trampling the blood of Christ underfoot, insulting the spirit of grace. So any sin that is not repented of will take you to hell. I thought it's going to be quiet this morning. But the Bible says, if I do not warn you, your blood will be on my hands. And he says, if I warn you and you do not listen, you're going to have to give accountability, but I'm safe. My soul has been delivered. So any form of, of sin that has not been repented, please, again, let me say this again. Re, uh, uh, right st- righteousness is right standing. People think repentance is asking for forgiveness. That's not. Repentance means turning away. Turning away. Turning away. Are you a fan or are you a follower? If you're a fan, you still play with sin. But when you're a follower, you have one master. And that master's name is not sin. Oh, come on. That master's name is Jesus Christ. He's your master. I said, he's your master. I want to ask people in this building today. You have to make up your mind and say, I'm no longer going to be a fan. I'll become a follower. I have one master, one Lord in my life. And Jesus is his name. Come on, somebody, and Jesus is his name. So he gives us clear warning. What people miss out is he just saw the glory of God. Ezekiel just saw the glory of God. And suddenly God says, the reason you saw my glory, I love this. He says, stand up to your feet so I can speak to you. People, when the glory of God comes in, you hear his voice. He speaks to you as clear as day. People, listen. You know, I really do believe that the the body of Christ must come to a place of maturity in the Lord. Why do I say this? Because everybody wants a prophetic word. And they would run to every single place. Give me a word, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. word." But when you mature in the Lord, do you know what you do to get a word? You come into His presence. Because when you get into His presence, He says, stand up to your feet, I'll speak for you. You'll hear my voice. And so He started speaking to Ezekiel these warnings. And so a lot of people think that you, when you experience God's glory, he says, ah. Oh. But in that, God gives you warning. And he says, tell my people. Now, this is the, the thing about Ezekiel. He was a watchman. I believe I'm a watchman for my generation. Because God spoke to me many years ago. I'll, you'll make you a watchman. And you'll declare my word. You'll speak the word of truth. And people will be delivered. People will be set free. I know I have. Listen, last week I posted something about Jesus on Facebook. I don't know who saw that. I was preaching about Jesus. The rock of ages. The lion of the tribe. Do you know how many people attacked me? I was attacked like crazy. And I I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, look at this. And the scripture came up in my my heart where the Lord says that on their part, they have blasphemed the Lord. But on your part, God has been glorified. So I said, I said, I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you that I can be found worthy to suffer for your name's sake. And do you know what? I turned to the devil. I said, you devil, you better hear the Bible. I said, the Bible says those who suffer persecution for his name's sake shall receive in this life a hundredfold and the life to come eternal life. And Aline said to me, do you know what? They hate that name of Jesus. The devil hates that name of Jesus. This is why you can just say Jesus and somebody say, I'm offended. Shame, get over your offense. There's one name and soon every eye will see him. Soon every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Jesus Christ is Lord. If he's Lord, what does it mean? He's the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. Come on, here's the bright and morning star. The ancient of days. A wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace, the Lord my righteousness, the Lord of hosts, the Captain of my salvation, or else die, the Lord of plenty, the Alpha, the Omega, come on somebody, the beginning and the end. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. The train of His robe has filled the temple. The angels that gather around his throne cry out, Holy, holy, holy. Now I'm getting here. I'm getting there. He says you better warn them or else their blood will come upon your hands. I'm not just speaking to this church. I'm speaking to the world. It's time that the body of Christ come to a place of repentance and holiness, separation, consecration, and let the glory of God come back. 
Our problem is we don't have a revelation about His presence. Eileen and myself, we can sit and watch television and spend time. I have a knowing she's there. She has a knowing I'm there. But that's not going to help our marriage. There will have to come a time where we speak to one another. Where we value each other's presence. Where we are intimate together. Sharing together. Am I speaking to somebody? So many people come to church and they know God is here. They feel His presence, but that's where they stop. Because they don't have a revelation of His presence. They don't understand there's a protocol to follow if you want to experience the glory of God. I've seen this around the world. Why, why do you think that sometimes when the presence of God comes, you look up and some people are on their faces weeping and others are sitting like this? Because those who are sitting like this, they know He's there. But they're not engaging. They're not spending that fellowship. They're not sharing together. But those who hunger and thirst after His righteousness, they are the ones on their faces weeping. Weeping. Why on their faces? You know, there's so many scriptures. Matthew, Matthew uh, says about, Jesus says, you do not know the scripture. Neither do you know the power of God. Just, just hear me quickly. The Bible says, Daniel, he fell down on his face when he saw the vision of the Lord. And he trembled under the power of God. The three disciples, when they went on to the Mount of Transfiguration, the Bible says after they saw the Lord in his glory, what did they do? They fell under the power of God, trembling because of the glory of the Lord. Jesus standing and praying in the garden of Gethsemane. The soldiers came to take him away. He said, who are you looking for? They, he said, they said, Jesus. When he said, it is I, what happened? Bang, they fell backwards under the power of God. Everything is shaken when the glory of God comes in. And one of the things is sin. Sin is being shaken. Death is being shaken. Sickness is being shaken. Poverty is being shaken by the presence. When the presence of God comes in, everything shall be shaken. Is somebody listening to me? Shout hallelujah. One more time. Hallelujah. John says, when I saw the Lord, I fell like, down like a dead man. Like a dead man. Why? Because of the glory of God. No man can see God in all of His glory and not being face down. You know, being face down is like a sign of reverence. So here's the Lord. He's saying, you have to warn my people. You warn the righteous. If they sin, they're going to die. Now, the righteous in this building and around the world listening to my message today must hear me. You have to deal with sin or sin is going to take you out. The Lord says, the righteous that sins, God will allow a stumbling block so that you die. That's hard. And he says, but you have to warn the righteous that you have to live righteously. Again, please hear me. Righteousness or, or, or repentance rather is not asking for forgiveness. That's not what it is. Repentance is turning away. Walking in righteousness. Now I know the extreme grace message is you can do whatever you want to do. I don't know what Bible they are reading. I'm not reading the same Bible as that. But in any case, here the scripture is clear. The wages of sin is death. One more time, the wages of sin is death. Now I'm, I'm, I'm going to take you somewhere. Who in this building loves the presence of the Lord? Lift your hands. Because this is what the, the ministry is all about. is the presence of the Lord. Okay? So... He understood the protocol of the presence of the Lord. So I want you to hear me. In the book of 2 Samuel, the Bible speaks about uh, Abinadab. Abinadab had, the, had, the, had the, uh, um, the ark of God in his house for 40 years. Hear me, for 40 years. Not one, not one miracle was recorded. Not one breakthrough was recorded in his house. I've, I've, I've studied this. You know, the whole reign of Saul, they reckon the glory of God or the, the, the uh, Ark of Covenant was in Abinadab's house for 40 years. The reason why I know there was no miracles that it was recorded is because the type of king Saul was, if Saul heard that miracles happened, he would have went to his house and get the Ark of Covenant. So for 40 years, it was only when, when David became king that he had to make a plan to move the ark. And so the scripture says, here they walked with the ark of God, but they, they did it wrong. They placed it on a cart and they were pushing the ark of God. And the Bible says, Uzzah tripped, fell, and he touched the ark and he died. 
Because he touched the ark of God in an unworthy manner. Now, I believe the reason this happened is because the, the way they had to carry the ark of God was a shadow of how we should carry the glory of God today. The, the, uh, the presence of God was never to be pushed around, but to be carried upon man's shoulder. So when we become a carrier of the glory of God, it's that kabod glory, that weighty, tangible. You know, how many people can, can help me out, have experiences, when the presence of God comes in strong, it feels like a weight upon your shoulders. And why do they fall down? Because they can't stand under that weight. That weight is too heavy. That's, the, that's how... The, the shadow was of how, now what you don't understand is when he touched it, David said, hang on now. Hang on now. I can't have this thing. Who will take this? And Abed Edom said, I'll take it to my house. Now, please hear me. For 40 years, the Ark of Covenant stood in somebody's house. Nothing happened. No miracle was recorded, no breakthrough. But Abed Edom, the Bible says for three months, when the presence of God was in his house for three months, there was breakthrough so much. He was so blessed that the word started spreading. Now I'm asking the question, how can the presence of God be in somebody's house for 40 years and there's no miracle recorded and here Abed Edom has the presence of God in his house for three months and he's being blessed in such a way that David the king heard that he's, he's getting money, he's getting wealth, he's getting blessings. The reason and the difference is a lot of people know he's there. But they don't have a revelation of how to enter into the presence. Three quick things to experience the glory of God in a new way is, number one, you have to be desperate for the presence of God. Moses says, I will not go unless your presence goes with me. Is somebody in this house? Shout hallelujah if you're here. So you have to desire. You have to desire the presence of God. Every single time you step your foot here, you have to tell the Lord, I'm not leaving as I came. I'm not leaving without your presence, Lord. Why is it so easy for me to, when I read a scripture, I cry? Not here, even in my house. I open up the Bible, I read the word, I sob. Why is that? Why is that when I hear the, the, the I, was, I was listening to the attacks, you know, that, that short, short message I played on Facebook. So I was playing it in the car. And I was driving and I stopped outside a building somewhere I had to go. So I was listening to it. Just the name of Jesus. I'm all the name is. I wept. Before I got out, I wept. Why? Because I am desperate. I desire the presence of God above everything else. Sometimes when you desire the presence of God above everything else, you will have to understand that you're going to lose some people in your life. Because a lot of people won't like what you're doing. They think you're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just desperate. And a desperate man will do anything for the presence of God. Lord, I refuse to go unless you go with me. I refuse to go, Lord, unless you go with me. I refuse it. If you're not going, I'm not going. You know, I was, I was in the church the one day. And uh, I knew the Holy Spirit left. And I was still there. He's gone. And then I said, I'm out. Amen. And I walked out. One guy that knew me, he came around to the back. He said, I told my wife five minutes ago, Vesel is going to stop this meeting. She said, how do you know this? He said, because the Holy Spirit left. Amen. Imagine coming to a church. The Lord says, I'm going. Are you staying? So we left. <laughs> I see a lot of Christians today. They don't like the presence of the Lord. They like a feel-good message. But the minute the presence of God comes in, it requires you to change. It requires you to live holy. This is the thing, people. Don't worry about the, the gift. is awesome. It's, it's, it's wonderful. But it does not tell me that a man has been with God. The presence is key. If you want to know if a man is walking upright before the Lord, look, up, look at the presence of God that he carries. Look at the weight of the presence of the Lord. Because the Bible says you shall know them by the fruits, not by the gifts, by the fruit. The gift is a proven fact that God can use a man, but the fruit is a fact that man has met with God. 
And do you know what? Where God wants to find us, I, I, I believe with all of my heart now, He wants to find you in a secret place. That's where the Lord wants to find you. It's in the secret place. Say hallelujah if you're here. Number, number two, Abed Edom. The reason why Abed Edom had the blessing of God supernaturally in his house is because he created a culture of honor in his house for the presence of God. Honor attracts the presence. You know what? I said to Eileen before the service started, I, you can see who honors. I want to put any person on the spot. You can see who honor the presence of, of God on your life and the, and, and the anointing on your life. And you can see how it influences their lives. Why? Because of honor. Honor opens great doors. So when we honor God, honor. If I honor the Lord, you know what I have to do is then I have to start to learn the facts about who God is. I've never seen God being a sinful God, an unholy God. Every single time, you, you, can, you can taste this. How many of you can be honest with yourself? If you haven't prayed as much as you used to, you, you sense that that presence of the Lord is not as strong as it should be. And this, why do you think Jesus said to Peter, pray lest you fall into temptation? Because the Lord knew that when your prayer life ceases, sin steps in. So you have to create a culture of honor for the glory of God. So do you know what, in other words, what I do is when the presence of the Lord comes, I... Let me say something. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When David heard that Abed Edom is being blessed, he said he's going back to get the Ark of Covenant. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says he started undressing. And so in his undergarments... He worshipped and praised the God and praised the Lord. Why did he do that? Let me tell you why did he, why did he do that. I believe he diminished the earthly king to enthrone the King of Kings. So when he danced before the Ark of Covenant, he's a king. He says, "Hang on." He removed that. He says. I'm diminishing myself. I'm making myself of no reputation because I am not a fan. I am a follower. And he removes himself. Come on, to uplift the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Is somebody getting this? This is why he says his kingly garment will be removed because no man will give him honor. There's somebody higher, somebody more powerful, somebody more glorious, more gracious, more kind, more merciful. So when he, when he stripped himself, he enthroned the living God. Not any king, but the king of kings and lord of lords. And his wife said, you act like a fool. And I can just imagine that David says, Oh, the Holy Ghost will set your feet to dancing. The Holy Ghost will thrill you through and through. Ooh, ooh. The Holy Ghost will set your feet to dancing. And set your heart to dancing too. You can two linker foot as you look at You can dance. You gotta dance. She, she, she said, You're crazy. The Bible says she criticized his heart. She criticized his worship. And because of that, she was barren. Barrenness comes because of dishonor. When the presence of God comes in, you're healed. Amen. And you make yourself of no reputation. Because there's only one Lord. Amen. I love my wife with everything, but it's not her. She loves me with everything, but it's not me. Amen. There's one Lord. And Jesus is his name. And we worship him. And we exalt him. And we glorify him. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Number three, the blessing will come with his presence. It comes with how you interact with his presence. Again, if you sit with your wife at home, you watch television every day, and you go to bed, there's no interaction, there's a problem. When the presence of God comes, you have to interact with the presence. You have to interact with the presence of the Lord. Don't be afraid of the presence of God. Think about this. The presence of God comes, it brings blessing. So basically, why, why don't I see the full blessing of God? Because then you're not following the protocol of the presence of the Lord. There's a protocol. The protocol was carry it on your shoulders. Become a carrier of the glory of God. But the, do you know what they did? They pushed it on a cart like the Philistines did. There's a protocol. What does the Lord say? You're not worshiping like the world worships. 
You never get this. You want to push it around? like You want to push the presence around like the world is pushing the presence? No, 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 no. There's a protocol for the presence of God. It should be carried on our shoulders. It should be felt on us every day, 24 hours a day. This is why they just see your face and they hate you automatically. It's not you. It's what you carry. You can be quiet. Ask Tinas. I go to a shop with him. I'm quiet. I don't say anything. You can't even see my face. I've got a mask up to here. Like look, I look like a ninja. A hat on my face. I'm not saying anything. I'm just walking in, walking out. The next day they say, that guy that was with you, shoot, that guy is mad. <laughs> I am mad. Mad in love. <laughs> say Jesus. So you have to desire. Say with me desire. desire. One more time. Desire. desire. Honor. Honor. And exalt. exalt. The presence of God. So when Ezekiel saw the Lord, what did the Lord do? He showed him an aspect of himself. First and foremost, he showed him the glory of God. The holiness of the Lord. That's what he saw. Then he saw what the, the throne of God looks like. He saw the elders, he saw the, he saw the angels bowing down in reverence. So the Lord taught him reverence, a holy fear for the presence of God. He saw God in all of his splendor and all of his glory. Do you know what? I'm going to quickly go on. The Bible says, with the living creatures, they look like a wheel inside of a wheel and everywhere around them there's eyes all over. Eyes all over. So I, saw, I thought to myself, why around the throne are there four living beings with eyes everywhere? And the Lord revealed this to me because I am the all-seeing God. Everything is naked before me. Think about this. God knows your motive, your intent. You, let me say that one more time. God knows the motive of your heart. He knows the intent of your heart. The reason why you do what you do. He knows the motive. He knows the intent. So around the throne of God, the Bible says the living creatures has eyes everywhere. And so, um, and, 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 and again, the throne of God, they are the ones looking after the throne. And the Bible says as they move, they move like lightning. So the presence of God can come like lightning. And all over they have eyes. They're all seeing God that sees everything. Yeah, and, and then Ezekiel understood that he's the God of all the living things. My friend Boston, can you quickly help me? He's the God of every living being, every living creature. He, he, he's, he's the great king of that. And he says he saw him high up. And after he saw who this God is, he had a revelation of the presence of God. He said, I saw the glory of the Lord. Then God said to him, stand up so I can speak to you, so you can give my people warning. Tell the sinners, if they don't repent, they're going to die. Tell the righteous, if they don't live in righteousness, they are going to die. I will harden their hearts. I will remove my spirit from them. I will no longer see their righteousness. I will be reminded of their iniquity. You know, we're living in the hour that we're people. Wait, let's ask a question. This is our, we have two services today. Where's the rest of our church folks? Where are they? Let me tell you where they are. Cold. Cold. Because we can sit at home with a cup of coffee, a cup of mocha, and enjoy no, that's not church. I don't want nothing to do with that. We want to be part of the true church of Jesus Christ. Well, Vessel, the building is not the church. I'm not talking to you about a building. I'm talking to you about getting together with fellow believers and worshiping the Lord in one accord. Come on, with a, with a corporate anointing. Lifting up the King of heaven. Glorifying our living Christ. You know, when we, when we had to close down the church because of the lockdown, everybody told me, you have to obey the law. Because Romans says you have to obey the law. Then the president says, open the church, but have 50 people. I open the church, I get slack. Why do you open the church? The same people that told me to close down the church, ask me, why do I open the church? Haven't they said I have to obey the law? I'm just obeying the law. <laughs> There's nothing like His presence. You have to get a revelation of the glory of God. We have to become like Moses who says, I will not go. Not until I've seen your glory. Not until I've seen your power. I've seen it right through scripture. When the glory of God appears, people tremble. The Bible says they fall down like dead men. Imagine in Acts chapter 2. And this is what I want to just throw in before I'm going to finish up. This is what the body of Christ needs again. We need a great awakening. 
We need a move of the Spirit of God like we've never seen before. That will shake us to the core. You know, I, I know people say not everybody can prophesy. False. That's, that's not true. The Bible says even the young, your children, shall start to prophesy when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. But the Bible says that when, when the church, the, the first church came together in one accord, the Bible doesn't, didn't say Peter was at his house under a duvet with club, with, cl- with preacher pillow and deacon duvet. It doesn't say that. All right, let's get it. They came together in one accord, in, in a building. And the Bible says they were praying. By the way, the first church wasn't a handful. There were 120 people. That was the first church. They came together and they were praying. And in one, one accord, the glory of God shook that place. Shook that place. And the people outside the building criticized them inside the building. And they said, they are full of sweet wine. Peter rose up. Now, by the way, what does a man do that is drunk? He falls over and he speaks funny. (laughs) All right, but they were speaking in tongues. The people outside couldn't understand what's going on. They didn't know. They thought they were drunk. Peter rose up. He says, we are not drunk as you suppose. But this is that. I want you to shout, this is that. One more time. This is that. You can do better than that. This is that. Which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, God will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. He says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall have dreams and visions. He says, and in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. In the last days, we are living in the hour where God will pour out His Spirit like never before. But we need to have a revelation of the presence of God. We have to follow protocol. When the presence of God comes in, I'm not just sitting and relaxing. No, no, no. I have to do something. I have to be desperate. I have to desire. I have to lift it up. I, I desire it. Have holy reverence. People think that the Holy Spirit is a hot tub, like a jacuzzi. For you to sit in and feel comfortable. That's not when the Holy, the Holy Spirit is more like a river. When He flows, it's power, it's glory, it's a change. That, that's what the Holy Spirit does when He comes. He changes you into the image and into the likeness of Christ. I promise you, the more you get to know the Holy Spirit, the more you fall in love with Jesus. The more you fall in love with Jesus, the more you understand this Father in heaven. I know that we have Father's Day today, but we have such a good Father in heaven right now that loves you so much. He's the, he's the greatest Father ever. The greatest Father ever. I've, I've got a great dad. My earthly dad is the best. But I have a heavenly Father that's the greatest. Think about that. And every single day must be Father's Day. Every single day. I've got, I've got a few more minutes. Hear me. I'm thinking about this. You know, the Lord is knocking on your heart's door this morning. He's knocking on your heart's door. Asking for you just to open up. And when you open up, that He'll come in. And He'll dine with you. When you dine, you speak to one another. You feast on the same meal. The Lord wants to dine with your heart. You know, the glory of God is busy touching people all over. I see tears flowing everywhere. That's the presence of the Lord. That's what I'm speaking about. He's high and lifted up. And you know when you, when you start to desire that presence, when you hear the knock on the door, suddenly nothing else. Listen, there's no high like the most high. No high like the, like the most high. When you, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, nothing else matters anymore. Suddenly that's the only thing you desire. You know, when I always tell the Lord, this is my relationship with Him. I said, Lord, I don't want to experience your presence. I must. I must experience you, Lord. It's a must. I live because of you. I breathe because of you. It's a must. And you know what? Sometimes I wonder why He does. Because the Bible says there's nothing good that dwells in a man. 
but he always shows up. He always shows up. You know the one day, I'm finishing with this, I was praying, I'm not going to go into too long details about what happened in my inner room, but as I got out, I was weeping for hours. I got out, I was walking towards my kettle in my kitchen. As I switched on the kettle, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, I loved spending time with you. Would you spend a few more hours? That changed my whole life. Why do I say that? Imagine God telling you, I loved spending time with you. God loves spending time with you. Look at me quickly. God loves spending time with you. But you have to interact with the presence of the Lord. When it comes, like it is flowing all over. When it comes in, you submit, you surrender, you exalt the presence of the Lord. Vessel, how's the quickest way to exalt Him? To worship Him from your innermost being. The Bible says there's a river on the inside of you. It should flow. It should flow. You shouldn't just stir it up here, let it flow, let it gush out of you. So when the presence of the Lord comes, you exalt Him, you lift Him up, you worship Him from your innermost being. You desire Him. He will satisfy your whole life. You'll never thirst again. You'll never hunger again. They will, I promise you, people of God, if you are here in this building and you suffer with an addiction, doesn't matter what your addiction is, I, I, I promise you, if you get into the presence, the presence of the Lord sets you free. It changes you. You will understand that the only, the void that you had in your heart was Him. It's, it's Him that you need. It's nothing else. Listen, ladies, I want to ask you a question, everybody in this building. Just close your eyes and hear me. You don't need that man. You need Jesus. You don't need that boyfriend to fill that void of yours. You need Jesus. You don't need that girlfriend to fill that void. You need Jesus. You don't need that pornography to fill that void. You need Jesus. And He's calling on the church for righteousness in this hour like never before. Tell my people to return. Sleeping giant must arise. The Lord is calling His people to holiness, consecration. Now what I want you to do is, as every eye is closed, I want you just to lift your hands quickly. I want you to heal because in two minutes from now, the presence of the Lord is going to start to fall hearts like never before. We worship in this place Lord we lift you high no man will be seen today but the man Jesus Christ let him be exalted in this place let him be glorified in this place let him be glorified right now let the angels worship you let your saints adore you Lord let the elders bow down before your presence Lord Desire Him. Desire His presence. Exalt the presence of the Lord. Create a culture of honor. with the Lord I want you to speak with him become intimate with the Lord
I was shackled by a heavy burden Oh, beneath a load of guilt and shame Then the hand of Jesus touched me And now I am no longer the same he touched me oh he touched me and all the joy that floods my soul something happened and now I know Jesus touched me and he made me whole He touched me Oh, he touched me And all the joy that floods my soul Cause something Wonderful happened, and now I know Jesus touched me and He made me whole. Cause I was shackled by a heavy burden beneath a load of guilt. And shame. But then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. It floods my soul. Something happened. Something wonderful happened. And now, she's touched me. And he made me whole. Because he I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear he is gone and because I know yes I know he holds the future my life is worth the living just because he lives mandroskitie ramositi andra kinrendrosi Masokotia, thank you, Jesus. Kindromosie, Kindromosiandrositi, Mandorosie, Kiandrosi, Kinendrona. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, 
All fear is gone And because I know Yes, I know He holds the future My life is worth The living just because he lives and Lord you are more precious than silver Lord you are more costly than gold Lord you are more beautiful than diamonds and nothing I desire compares to you oh Lord you are more precious than silver come on you tell him Lord you are more costly than gold Lord you are more beautiful than diamonds and nothing I desire compares to you and Jesus what a wonder you are you are so gentle so pure and so kind you bright morning star Jesus what a wonder you are thank you Jess come on as every hand is lifted Holy Spirit reveal him as only you can in Jesus name that your people have revelation of your presence in Jesus name are you going to be Abinadab or are you going to be Abed Edom I shall honor the presence of the Lord in my house After these things I looked and behold A door standing open in heaven The first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying come up here And I will show you the things which must take place after this Immediately I was in the spirit And behold a throne was set in heaven And one sat on the throne And he who sat there was like Jasper A sardius stone in appearance there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald around the throne with 24 thrones and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their heads from the throne proceeded lightnings thunderings and voices seven lambs of fire were burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back the first living creature was like a lion the second like a calf 
The third like a face of a man. The fourth like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and forever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and forever. And they cast the crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. And they said to him, Lord Jesus, you alone are worthy to take the scroll and open up the seals. For you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood. And out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, you have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. This morning, Lord, we just want to honor you. We want to honor your presence. This morning, I see that throne. Oh, I see that holy of holies. I pray, take me to that place. That's where I belong. I long to be with you. Thank you for that place called there. Oh, Lord, you're so holy. Again, I want to ask you just a minute more. Don't just enjoy the knowing that he's here. But engage with his presence. Now more than ever before, the church was got intimate with him.